Welcome to the EdTech Marketing Podcast, hosted by Mateo Elvira, a former tech sales rep turned digital marketer. If you're an EdTech organization struggling with how to leverage the power of digital marketing, then sign up for this weekly podcast that aims to help. Week by week, our featured guests will share their top tips that you can put into action today. Let's get started. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the EdTech Marketing Podcast. It is your host, Mateo Elvira here, founder of Elvira Media. And today we have a special guest. Uh, I've been trying to get her on the podcast for weeks now, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad we're actually on a Riverside meeting here to talk a little bit more about product-led growth, product marketing. Um, we're here with Samantha Hall, who is currently the growth product manager over at ClassTag. ClassTag helps teachers make it happen with a simple and free parent-teacher communication tool and free supplies. So, Sam, thanks for joining um, on the podcast here. How's your Friday morning going? It's going great. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Uh, Mateo and I have been going back and forth for quite some time, oh, yeah. and I, uh, I've i been very excited to do it. Unfortunately, I think my schedule doesn't always yeah. agree with me. <laughs> And it's all good. We have um, all these remote tools that allow us to meet virtually and, and talk shop. But um, Sam, I guess for starters, I know this is like an ed tech focused podcast. You have a very interesting background into ed tech marketing, um, even with experience in the classroom. Um, can you walk us through like how your ed tech journey started, um, how you got in, what you were doing before uh, you got into ed tech marketing here? Yeah, sure. So um, I, I um, have a... I guess an interesting background in terms of I taught in the classroom um, and I taught for two years in a brick and mortar building and I taught 12th grade uh, economics and American government. Loved it. I was a political science. I'm a political science major. Um, my degree is in political science. And so I taught two years, 12th graders, which I know uh, some of our teachers listening in are probably like, oh my gosh, not 12th graders, but I loved it. <laughs> They're fantastic. Um, and they actually dissolved the academic part of the vocational school I was actually at. So um, it led me into virtual teaching, which I did for three years, which was, you know, absolutely fantastic. But it really got me familiar with the tech that's in education. Uh, specifically, I was we were using uh, the, a very popular uh, franchise called FLVS. And uh, so, you know, had a really good background in uh, ed tech and I loved using tech in the classroom and I've always been a big fan of bringing uh, educational technology in the classroom. So like most teachers, I did the, oh my gosh, I, I need a side hustle because I don't make enough money. Um, I know teachers are probably laughing at that because that's, I'm pretty much sure that every teacher probably has some yeah. sort of side hustle. Uh, and my side hustle led me to uh, to, to write blogs and, and create a brand new program for a company called ClassTag, which is where I am now. Uh, and I've been there for four years, but uh, two of those years, I was mostly 
um, just con- you know working about ten or twelve hours on uh, various projects and and content. And so finally, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse, and I ended up uh, coming on board as their content and product marketing manager. And so my background on the marketing side is very heavily content and product marketing. And so I've, I've done that for about the last year and a half, almost, you know, not close to two years, but about a year and a half. Um, figured out that while I love it, I love the, uh, the inside product, talking to users more uh, on a daily basis. And I've ended up now in product management, uh, which seems to be a pretty common way to end up in product management is, is going through product marketing managing uh, as a, pr- a product marketing manager. So I thought that was, you know, it's it's an interesting journey and it, you know, seems to wind in, in wheel. And, you know, I started in government and economics and ended up in product management. Not, you know, if I talk about how I got there, it makes sense. But if you just listen to it on its own, it, it probably sounds silly. That's awesome. Um, can you give us like some context here um, as far as class tag? You know, what do you guys do? How, how do you help? And in terms of like... Um, solutions you are are actually unique so you you are a product-led growth company um do you want to share a little bit more about what perhaps that that might mean and uh you know are all other ed tech solutions you know product-led as well yeah that's actually a great question so uh when I first joined ClassTag, it was very marketing-led growth uh as a startup I think the startup land is is maybe very different than big companies in general, um, especially in ad tech. And so we started out uh, on the marketing side and we were primarily, for my marketing people out there, B2C, so uh, direct-to-consumer, you know, free, our, our app is free for teachers, so that's really where our thoughts and, and minds were, were teachers. And so over the years, we've kind of seen a shift happen where teachers are unfortunately not given as much autonomy to choose the tech in their classroom. And we're starting to see schools and districts have more of a say in that in that conversation. So we've kind of shifted um, not just from, you know, we, we will always have a free version of class tech for teachers, but uh, we're also, you know, considering the enterprise SaaS level of, of marketing as well. And so when we did this shift, uh, there's a very different approach, I think, to B2B. It's very product centric. It's, uh, you know, you're trying to build value through the product and through really uh, high level content. And so the company has kind of shifted that way too. So we are product led growth uh, in a weird way, starting out, you know, this year, really focusing on the, the value the product can give not only to teachers, but to the entire school community. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, the strategy for a lot of ed tech companies, but I can pretty much say that a lot of them are taking this approach. This is the approach that's working, especially in education, because the product has to work. It's not just flashy. It's, you know, we're not, um, you know, in another industry where being flashy is, a, is it, you know, working. Uh, this is a this is a solution that has to work and has to show data that it's working. Uh, you know, you have federal and state, you know, regulations that that need you to know that that product needs to work. You know, we need to have standards. We need to have these kind of things and then the data to back them. And I think EdTech, people in EdTech understand that, that the product at the end of the day can be flashy as it wants, but it it's really needs to be uh, something that's helping students, something that's helping families and something that's helping helping uh, schools, you know, level yeah. up. 
Now I know like it, this is very tangible, right? Like I'm on ClassTag's website. It looks like when I click the register button, uh, I have to dictate, you know, my teacher, my admin, my parent. How important do you think it is for EdTech Solutions to have a way where, you know, if a teacher was interested in using it or trying it, that there is some sort of capability as opposed to, let's just say, there's just a request demo field on a EdTech um, company's website um, in terms of like product-led growth how important have you seen or the value that you've seen that teachers can actually sign up for a free trial and they can actually start using it today if they wanted to yeah so this has actually been a really hot topic in our company um, and I'm loving the conversation around this uh, how we have thought about products and should they be free should they be free for 30 days things like that you know you really start to uh, dig in and see what are other companies doing? Is this, you know, what's popular, what's going to work? And so I think it always comes down to the user, what the user wants. Uh, we know, and I, and I think this is true for any company that's especially, uh, you know, B2B companies is that when you are a user and you don't experience value, you're not going to use a product. It's, it's, I mean, it's simple. So you have to give the user value and you have to give them value that they want. So you, you have to walk through that process of knowing what that is and what that value is for each type of user is very different. So what teachers need out of class tag is very different than what a school leader, you know, principal needs out of class tag. And we're already, and we're also seeing this, this new role kind of emerge, which is a school staff member, which could be, you know, your ESE services, your coaches, these people who have multiple touch points throughout the day. That's like a whole new persona that we're working with too. So we're starting yeah. to see that emerge too as, you know, as a really, um, you know, where we started marketing as towards teachers, we're realizing that the whole school community needs to be on board and that's really, you know, how we need to market. Um, and that, I think that's really exciting, not only on the marketing side, but also on the product side, you know, making sure we, we make products that help school staff and help them get in touch with parents because, um, let's face it, our school secretaries or our school nurses are the ones calling when kids end up in clinics and, you know, they're sick. And especially with COVID, you know, there's been a lot of talk with secretaries and nurses and they're, they're, they're a touch point for parents. And that's been really important to us. Mm -hmm. Now, you've obviously sort of transitioned to a new role in product management. Can you walk us through, you know, how your mindset or, you know, how the transition has been from going from a product marketing role to now a product management role? Uh, you mentioned that that's a very popular career path for people that are originally from product marketing. Um, how's the experience been? How has your your marketing background helped helped you in your new role now in product management? Yeah, and we talked a little bit about before before the podcast how excited I am to be in product management. Um, something I was noticing in in product marketing is that. Uh, I was kind of delivered the product and then, you know, asked to promote it where I didn't have a lot of input on what was actually getting done, just, you know, the final product and, and how to position it. And I think there is a lot of value in learning how to position something because when I walked into product management, I was able to take all that thought. And especially with my content background, um, you start realizing how important UI and UX copy and uh, illustrations and how you present things to users, how important that is. Um, and I think that was a big, but, but the nice thing about product is it stays. It's, you know, the thing about marketing, it's kind of ephemeral sometimes, right? Like you market to seasons, you market, you know, certain times a year and certain things. And the nice thing about product is it, that impact stays. 
um, and you really get to talk to the user. I think in marketing, we, we also have a little, you know, you're getting a lot of feedback, um, but you don't really get to sit one-on-one -on -one and talk to users all the time. And that was really sad for me because I really wanted to talk to teachers. Uh, I love talking to teachers. I love talking to school people in the school community, whether that's parents or, you know, administrators or staff members. And I love this shift because now not only can I uh, produce something for them that's a you know a really high level value and it's not ephemeral, but also I get to talk to them um, pretty much on a daily basis. It's been very nice. Uh, so you know that's probably one of the bigger changes. The other thing is uh, managing stakeholders, not only you know within not externally, just also internally as well. Knowing that uh, a lot of my colleagues are talking to users on a daily basis, they have a say and trying to give them a way to have a say in the product, which I think for all product managers, that's that's our end goal is to make sure that we're creating something for the user that they really want and designed in a way that they want to use it. And so the best people to ask is your colleagues who are dealing with users on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, and I really have enjoyed that in product management. There wasn't, you know, in marketing, yeah, you can talk about positioning, you can talk about copy, and you can talk about, uh, you know, the feel of illustrations or how an asset looks. But at the end of the day, you know, you're one or two iterations in and you're pushing that out the door. Whereas in product, um, it's multiple iterations, it's multiple people involved. And there's something magical about when you get an end product that is the conglomeration of the best work of all, many people across the board. It's it's very nice. I like that. That's awesome. Um, I guess, you know, what kind of information is valuable to you from like, teachers or district leaders at, when you are, you know, just asking questions and trying to, you know, optimize and build a stronger product? Like, what kind of insights are you looking for? What kind of questions are you typically asking uh, your customers? Yeah, and it's funny, because some of the marketing questions, I uh, wish I, you know, questions I wanted to ask, and I couldn't, uh, I really get to ask on the product side. And, you know, one of the first things I always ask is, um, how is the, you, it sounds so basic, but how is the school year going? Um, because that conversation has really changed in the last four years. Uh -huh. um, when I would, you know, even ask that in when I was in marketing, when I could, uh, teachers yeah. were very excited at the beginning of the year. They were, uh, you know, they were struggling with getting supplies to their classroom, but not to the level that COVID has brought on. How teachers approach teaching now during, you know, the pandemic and then the stress of all of that um, is is a really interesting. Uh, on the marketing side, it's uh, kind of almost devastating in a way. Teachers are so yeah. tired and so burnt out that it's hard to engage with them, and I've, we've seen that. But on the plus side, um, you know, teachers have been really trying to develop those parent-teacher relationships because they understand, I think now more than ever, especially after COVID, um, teachers understand how important it is to have parents in that conversation. So, uh, you know, I've, I've really seen, I guess, a progression. Sorry, I, I totally probably got off topic no, of what great. your question was. <laughs> But, you know, it, it's uh, it's been really that's been very interesting to me is watching uh, that that like thought process that they they start with. Sorry, ask the question again. I will definitely make sure I get it this time. <laughs> no, I'm just curious, you know, like what, what kind of insights and questions are you typically asking, um, right. you know, when, when it comes to just, you know, getting a better sense as far as, you know, how you know, how you can optimize this the product? Yeah. So like I said, you know, I always start with, you know, how's the school year going? Um, and 
teachers automatically will tell me if it's not going well or, or it's going well. Right. And then I always ask, you know, what problems are you having um, or, you know, what things are taking a lot of time in your day? Uh, and usually, you know, they'll say anything from classroom behavior to, but there's, there's something always there that, you know, right now we're trying to develop uh, collaboration between teachers and uh, staff members. So, you know, I'm, I always try to see if there's a problem there. Is there a friction point that we can try to solve? But I always want to ask what their problems are to see if it's something we can solve or something we can start looking into to solve. Um, and then I also, you know, want to know what grade they teach because it's teachers, I think, really connect with um, the interviewer or person you're asking questions when, A, I, I'm a former teacher, so they get it, like we get it. Um, also, they love to talk about their students. They love to talk about their school community. And the opportunity to talk about that is always, there's always some sort of goodness that comes out of that and good information. Yeah. Um, but when we get down to the product and asking them, hey, you know, I, I always ask them, what would you improve about, you know, class tech? And this is, you know, when you start getting into NPS questions, um, you know, what benefits yeah. are you getting? What, uh, you know, friction points are you seeing? You know, that's where I think the real good information that you can act on and put in your product roadmap, that's where that happens is it starts with NPS and then digging in on those user interviews that you can get out of um, NPS surveys. Mm -hmm. How often would you say you're, you're like talking to customers or, you know, want to, or, you know, just getting feedback? Yeah. So um, personally, me, my methodology, uh, when I was in marketing, I would do social listening and I had it scheduled. It's funny. Um, I had it scheduled every Wednesday for two hours. I would go and um, into Facebook groups and Instagram and I would, you know, just search for class tag or search for some keywords, you know, parents or, um, you know, school communication and see what people are saying about our product. I think that's just a really good practice for anybody who's in product marketing do social listening. People talk about you even when you're not there, and that's really valuable um, insights. And then um, on top of that, when I moved to product marketing or product management, what I would do, what I do now is um, I set up interviews every week with with users. I would say anywhere from you know three to five interviews a week is a good start. Uh, just really quick. They don't have to be long, 15, 20 minutes max. Uh, user will tell you a lot in 15 minutes, uh, and you can start really getting patterns of, of things out of those conversations. Um, and we also, as a company, do NPS four times a year, so quarterly. And we can really look at the data points at that, and, and it's a big help. Um, we also try to run very small surveys when a user is using maybe a new feature, something really quick, like, you know, did you uh, get a benefit out of this feature, or what did you think of this? Um, I think there is something great about pro a good product will ask you that kind of question when you're using something that meets you where you are. So we try to get a bunch of different touch points for, for users. And of course, you can never um, underestimate the quality and awesomeness of Google Analytics. And, you know, uh, if you're using SEMrush or something, you know, accordingly, like a tool like that, uh, that data is great to have too. And, and to match that data with user insights is, is a good, is, it, it really does validate what you're doing and pushing those ideas and initiatives forward. Absolutely. Wow, I really like that one, social listening, just like typing in the, the company name and like Twitter or something and just yeah. seeing like, you know, what what's actually being said by, by your customers out there, huh? Yeah, and I think um, 
people are scared because it feels very vague in a way, you know, you're like, I'm going to go social listen. Like, what is that? You know, and you hear it and there's really no methodology behind it, but it's really just understanding what your customers are saying about you, even when you're not there. Mm -hmm. Which is probably the most organic form of feedback that you can ask for, right? Definitely. Definitely. So Sam, you've been in the ed tech space for almost four years now. You've been a teacher for quite some time before that. Um, Anything unique or interesting that you could say about the ed tech space? I know a lot of our listeners here are usually like some startup founders or early ed tech founders, marketers and sales leaders. Um, you know, ed tech is very unique and that's why I love it uh, compared to like traditional B2B SaaS. Um, anything that you've learned over the years or anything that you could share as far as, you know, how business is done in ed tech and, uh, you know, what schools, teachers and you know, what, what they really look for in these sort of solutions? Yeah, I would start with, um, and it's an odd word to use here maybe, but authenticity. I feel like ed tech is more authentic. It's really values a relationship between not only the sales team and, you know, the B2B enterprise SaaS land, um, but it, it values um, the, the users value you listening to them. Um, I think more than probably any industry I've been in, Um, And fun fact, I was in restaurants before this, so customer service for quite some time, um, where I think authenticity is just not as important. You know, you're you're looking to other things as more important. But I think there's some um, level of authenticity that happens here in a tech that probably is very unique to the industry and just really capitalizing on those relationships. I think we even talked about this before, you know. Uh, good sales is asking the questions because I think, and Mateo, feel free to interrupt on this, but uh, good sales happen because you get to, to develop those authentic relationships and you're truly, really trying to help a school community at the end of the day. There's something maybe altruistic about it, but um, you're helping students. Like everything in ed tech is really, truly aimed to help the education of students at the end of the day. And there's something great about that in itself that, I think, um, you know, and, and I want to capitalize on the tech part of education because I'm talking a lot about education as its thing, but I have a daughter who is autistic, for example, um, and there was a lot of nonverbal years that we had, but tech, ed tech, especially like gave her, gave her the ability to talk to us over time and has really helped her learn how to read and learn how to um, do things that I think would have been difficult if it it just had been a teacher in in the classroom. Um, Not saying that, you know, minimizing the teacher being there, the teacher, when a teacher properly facilitates attack in a classroom, you give a voice to the students who don't have voices. Um, And I think that there's something really interesting there in in attack that uh, I really can't capture in anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on. I I attended a conference here in California, the California Charter School Association. Uh, It was like near my house. I just thought I'd go out there. And it was really cool to just see like all of these ed tech companies. They all service schools. They all try to help students in some way, shape or form. And, um, you know, this competition of like trying to provide the best solutions for schools ultimately helps them. And uh, it just gets me really excited. I I think there's just so much potential here in ed tech to do well, to do good, help students, um, build, a, build a strong brand. And uh, I think that that's what gets me the most excited about, you know, where this space will continue to head. So 
You know what I think is also interesting, and I, I follow quite a bit on LinkedIn of teachers mo looking to move into ed tech. Uh -huh. um, I would say the biggest advice I have, even for startup founders, it's um, teachers are a great asset to have in your company in ed tech. Uh, you just can't overlook that. Or even yeah. having a principal who we know they had some sort of education background. Um, you know, they were probably an educator some point in their career. You can't overlook how important that would that is, especially as you start up a company. Um, we even talked about this before. The fact that I was a teacher, I was a user of EdTech. When I walked into ClassTag, that helped me tremendously because I was able to market to myself in a way, made it easier because I knew what the user wanted because I was the user. So uh, never underestimate having a teacher on the team. They are super valuable to have. Yes, absolutely. I mean, even just in any capacity, really, like an operations role, a customer support absolutely. role, marketing, right? I mean, I think they're just reliable employees and can empathize with the customer and can provide some creative ideas on top of that. So yeah, if you can um, herd you know, a bunch of 12th graders, you can um, <laughs> yeah. hurt a bunch of internal stakeholders. <laughs> no problem. Not a problem at all. Uh, well, Sam, this has been a very fruitful conversation. I really appreciate you sharing um, just your journey, your experience, um, what gets you like riled up and what you're passionate about. And um, I I'm excited to continue to see like your growth and, and class tags growth. Um, I guess for anyone listening here who like was really intrigued by you know your your expertise here and they want to pick your brain further, uh, where's the best place to reach you? Yeah, so feel free to reach out at sam at classtag com. I'm happy to help. Uh, LinkedIn, Samantha Hall. You know, uh, feel free to. I Mateo, I don't know if you want to add it to the information in a podcast, but you know, feel free to find me on LinkedIn and you know drop a couple questions. I'm happy to answer. Yes, I will include uh, Sam's LinkedIn down below. So you can find that um, whether you're scrolling here on Spotify or YouTube, feel free to check it out down below. But thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. I hope this was helpful and valuable for you. And uh, Sam, we appreciate your time today and I hope you all have a good rest of your day. Thanks guys. And thanks Mateo. I appreciate the time that I got to spend with your users. You got it. Thanks for listening to the EdTech Marketing Podcast with your host, Mateo Elvira. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all the tips and tricks you can use to help grow your EdTech audience. If you're keen to see these ideas can be applied in the real world, join us on the next week's episode. As always, you can head over to elvira.media to learn more about our digital marketing services for EdTech brands. That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time.